Hello, everyone, and welcome to Grip Lock, Foundation Disc Golf Weekly Podcast. I'm Hunter, joined as always by Trevor. And before we get into today's episode, I want to take a moment to thank our sponsors for this episode, Manscaped. You know what's spookier than seeing a black cat on Halloween? It's shaving your balls with anything other than Manscaped. When it comes to below-the-waist grooming, there's no need to carve your pumpkins this Halloween because Manscaped is here to upgrade your grooming experience. Join the 2 million men worldwide by going to manscaped.com and get 20% off plus free shipping with the code GRIPLOCKED. Have you ever tried to trim down south and it turned into a Freddy Krueger film? Well, luckily, Manscaped is here to save the day and make sure you're smelling fresh, fresh with their new refined body wash. Fellas, the ladies love their signature scent, and it will scare away all those vampires. Absolutely, and don't forget to unlock your confidence with the Performance Package 4.0. Inside, you'll find the holy grail of men's grooming items. They've made it easy for you to upgrade your grooming routine. Their finely tuned products feature a cutting-edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin-safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is easily the greatest trimmer on the planet. Oh, and did I mention this trimmer is waterproof as well? This thing is a shower essential. Don't forget to get 20% off. Deep sea diving. <laughs> Don't forget to get 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code GRIPLOCKED at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code GRIPLOCKED. All right, the season. It's over, just like that. It's coming, it's gone. I listen to a lot of podcasts that go through like this like existential crisis whenever like their sports season ends. Did you say end. accidental crisis? No, accident, existential. There existential is, is the word. <laughs> I didn't say accidental. I think it said accidental or something like that. Existential. Anyways, they go through it. Yeah. Whenever their sport ends, and I've never really like I feel like I feel like last year, uh, the podcast was kind of like still growing. Like it was kind of more like a side hustle, whereas like now I feel like the podcast is like a really big deal. And so like it's it's I don't know, it feels a lot more like significant that the season is over this year. It's all wrapped up. Like Although like, we do I'm, have some pretty pretty fun stuff. Yeah, that's not to say I'm not like saying this is the season finale of the podcast. No, we're gonna last be going season, off season. Last season we went into the off season with just, just shooting in the dark. We had no idea what we were doing. We got plans. This season we got some plans. Yeah, you're listen. There is, I think it's gonna be fun. You you know where to go when you're starved for disc golf content. We're still gonna be throwing you know frozen pizzas at Peaks View Park for, on YouTube, and we're still gonna be talking about nonsense on this podcast. So you know where those to go. are. There's there's a few solid or what is it? Few. Uh, should we throw frozen pizzas? We probably should. <laughs> Which pizza flies the best? Yeah, that, it's a great, a great. Gotta video. be funny. All right, but first, last. And then week, you have to. The loser has to eat one of the pizzas. That's not even the winner gets. The winner gets to eat one of the pizzas. No, that's been thrown. That doesn't matter. It'll cook off. The germs always cook off. You're right. The germs always cook off. That's science. That's the dirt doesn't fact. quite cook off. It'll burn up. I like a good char. I cook my pizzas at 450. I like a good Virginia clay char. (laughs) If that Virginia clay can survive it, I mean, it might just harden. Maybe it'll just be more crunchy. I don't know. It'll just become like a plate underneath it. There you go. You can pull pull it off of the Virginia clay as you eat the pizza. Uh, Last week was the Pro Tour finale. Um, It's not called that anymore. Pro Tour championship. Thank you. Okay, even I think players are posting graphics that said finale. Probably, so that's what it was called. And I actually kind of liked that, but I mean, I, whatever. The now before the tournament started, uh, like immediately after recording this podcast last week, we had Eagle McMahon's injury happen. We didn't cover it on the podcast. Um, if you haven't seen it, would you essentially, like to demonstrate it. No, I would not. Okay. Uh, if you haven't seen it, essentially, Eagle was throwing like a fake out. Like it was basically like he was acting like he was running up with a backhand, and then you like and then did a three sixty forehand. No, you start you start the backhand three sixty, and then midway through you go and you throw a forehand instead. 
That's ba- it's just a weird contortion of the body. Regardless, he did. He was doing something kind of weird for a video, um, and it his shoulder originally it was reported it was a dislocated shoulder. When he posted like a longer explanation, he thinks it like slid out and slid back in. Um, regardless, he injured his shoulder, had to drop out of the Pro Tour Championship. When looking at the scheme of the season, not the best time to happen because it's the biggest purse, but also kind of the best time to happen because you only miss one. If it's going to happen during the season, you right. only miss one event. Right. No, not a so at least he'll have all off season to recover. Uh, there's no signs as of right now that it should be like a lasting ongoing. It didn't thing. seem like he was making it sound like a big deal. Like I would be. I'd be very shocked if he wasn't full strength in February. Yeah, when it first was reported and it just said dislocated shoulder, could have that been, yeah. could have been a big deal. Could have been very big when deal. he posted it and posted the video, it looked obviously like it was a big enough deal for him to miss and it might take like a month or so recovery. Right. If it was the middle of the season, it'd be a big deal. But going into the off season, Well, and they also, like he kind of mentioned that like if there was a discussion about whether he whether was going to play. play or not, which yeah. means it wasn't that bad. Yeah, exactly. Like, he could have he thrown. Now, the question that got brought up some by players, A, people were putting the blame on Jomez, which that should not happen yeah. because like you agreed to do something you agreed to do it and plus they were just doing like a disc golf video yeah. so like it wasn't he, what he did wasn't like that crazy no it wasn't jumping off of a building exactly but people were saying like should should companies have in their contracts that players can't be doing stuff like this excess stuff this is an interesting thing because like if you like professional athletes like there are like i remember oh what there was a certain player, I don't remember which player this was, it might have been Michael Jordan, who had a, there was somebody who had a for the love of the game clause, is what they called it, in their contract, which basically said, I can walk up to any pickup basketball game I want at any given time and just start playing. Like, Because there are athletes who are like, it's a no-no for you to just be playing if you're not training or playing with the team. Like, It's a no-no because we pay hundreds of millions of dollars for you to perform for this team. You don't get to just go goof off. Like That's how this works. So... It's it's different in disc golf because like I feel like disc golf companies need to encourage players to basically they're not paying them enough to have those rights yeah and they're also you need to encourage players to you like to be able to use their disc golf talents to expand their income outside of just what you're paying them anyway so it but it could get to that point eventually and yeah. if maybe maybe if I'm paying Paul McBeth ten years ten million I might think about something like that like hey by the way unless you're practicing or whatever like you're not allowed to play just a random C tier or something like that. I don't know. Well, see, I, what I, on debate night, what I said I could see happening was I couldn't see any company telling players not to play disc golf or do disc golf related content because that's such a big part of our sport right now. And yeah. a big way that the sports are growing is by disc golf content and stuff like that. You would get a big red flag in the company for that. I could see them saying like putting limitations on like excess stuff like snowboarding skateboarding stuff where like it's more skydiving yeah. stuff where like injuries are more prone to happen right. and being like hey you, not necessarily like you can't do it but if you get injured doing this avoid your contract or something like right. that where like discourage a player to do it or i could see them if the contracts are big enough just getting like insurance on the players well, like, that's usually i think that's usually players themselves insure yeah but I, I was saying i could see like discraft like insuring paul's arm or something yeah, like yeah, a lot, of, a lot of like quarterbacks will insure their arms. Regardless, I mean, I think the the question it's a good question of like, will that be something we have to think about? I don't Way think so. Road, right I don't down. think we're I don't think we're even close to so yet. far down the road. Um, but the actual tournament itself was pretty insane. So we had Nathan Queen and Missy Gannon both taking it down, bringing home thirty thousand dollars each from this event. 
Missy Gannon in the final round pretty much ran away with it, um, but it was still a very entertaining round just because with so much pressure on the players, there never was a moment until like hole 17 was over basically that it felt like it was actually over. Yeah. Like there was always just like, well, she just got to get through this hole without blowing up because with $30,000 on the line, mm-hmm. the pressure just, it's like a pressure cooker. It just keeps yeah. building. Yeah. Same thing was happening for Nathan Queen, but he was having to go blow for blow with Drew Gibson and Paul for the entire, entire final a, round. It is a battle. Um, and I think it, might be one of the more exciting disc golf rounds of the season. It was very exciting. A lot of people were saying like, oh, you so quickly forgot James Conrad's shot at Worlds. That, no, I didn't. That round, here's the thing. That round was not crazy exciting, mostly because, and I my memory's a little foggy, but Paul was kind of coasting into the finish. Like It, it was exciting in the sense, but... But Paul, it was like the whole time Conrad was trying to catch up right. to Paul. Paul was in control of that round in the sense that he just needed to play well in the f- like last few holes, and he was fine, and he did exactly that. And then the shot happened, and like that's. But other than that, like we wouldn't have ne- if if Conrad would have not thrown that in, we wouldn't have said necessarily that, like, was a thrilling that round. round was thrilling all the way to the finish. This round was thrilling. It was just so back and forth. There was so much back and forth. And, and like every time Nathan Queen hit a putt, Drew Gibson would hit a putt from like 100 feet through trees and he's like running them in yeah. when they're like 20 I've feet out of his hand. I've never seen so many long putts made. That was ridiculous. Yeah, it was crazy. And that's the thing is like Drew Gibson was like nailing these putts just to stay on Nathan Queen's pace. And then Paul was also staying on that pace for the majority of the round. Yeah. And Paul, was had, like, Paul had the chokehold on both of them and then gave it up. Yeah. It was just insane. Um, so I'm as far as like tournaments this year to be on ESPN two, I'm glad one. that's one of the ones that's going to be there. It's a great one because it was absolutely uh, thrilling. Um, one of the other things too was Nathan Queen, 28 seed coming into the tournament. Uh, no bracket picked him that's as awesome. Jamie Thomas reminded him after he yeah. won on the green. <laughs> I felt bad for Jamie Thomas. I, okay, I don't. First, I just want to say that I don't think that. I don't think no, saying that, nobody picked him is a bad The way bad he thing. phrased it. I didn't hear that. That's the problem. So here's the thing. Both questions Jamie Thomas asked were very good intentions and made a lot of sense. If you look at them as like... He just phrased them. Oh, I heard it about... Just the way it came out made it sound like basically, dude, trash. there's no reason you should have won this event. Yeah. Like no one even picked you. Your family didn't even pick you in their brackets. Like <laughs> no one picked you, man. And yet here you are. That question, I agree, though. That's not that bad, because it's like yeah, kind of like a motivational that one, yeah, that, question. Yeah, that one I had no problem with. Second really. one sec- was like uh, talking about, he's like, dude, these, this home this home crowd, you know, every single mediocre shot you threw out here, they're just going crazy. Yeah, that and it just sounded like badly. you just threw mediocre shots all over the say, course. Like, you got to say something like they were, che- they were cheering uh, but again, for everything out there. Or something I, like that, I feel like, bad because like a lot of people were like coming after him for those two questions, which... I mean, they were kind of rough questions, but I'm sure he kind of got caught up in the moment yeah, and then's like frazzled. Is. And the questions he was trying to ask are both good questions yeah. of like, you know, what did it mean to have your hometown support? They were cheering louder for you no matter what you did than anyone else. Uh-huh. That's a good question. Yeah, but when you when you call a player's shots mediocre, it turns it into a bad question. It's it's like it is like a legit skill. Like if you watch. Like disc golf reporters and I like they're obviously disc golf commentary and reporting and all that. Like it's all very new to these people. Like they're figuring it out. Here's the thing. I think Terry Miller and Nate Doss have some potential. I'm not going to lie. No, to yeah, no. I thought. I think they're figuring this thing I out. I thought they were uh, that whole group in the booth. Like I could see the, the bright spots. If they were, if they're perfect all the time, they're good. That's what I'm saying. So there's bright spots. But I was saying like right now you see a lot of like the whoever's like on the course, like getting the 
post interview gets like a little frazzled. Part of that comes from the fact that they make a mistake in interviewing people the second after they just tapped out for the win. So they don't have time to you gather need, notes. Yeah, they and- need to be signing scorecard, blah, 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 trophy presentation interviews afterwards or off to the side afterward. Like, shouldn't be so immediate. That doesn't help anybody's case because you don't have time to prepare your thoughts. Um, but it just comes with experience because, like, I mean, you watch, you think it's bad trying to get like an interview after a world titles one. Like, you watch the Super Bowl. And they're like on the field, just like pushing through massive crowds of people to pull players aside and like have the composure to ask like questions that don't sound ridiculous. Like it's it's incredible. Like it is a very underrated part of journalism. Those people that get those interviews after games, you got Aaron Andrews practically elbowing people to like get to an interview with a head coach and they're like pulling them over like these big football players. (laughs) Like it's 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 a skill. It's a skill. Yeah, I just thought that was. I saw a lot of like a lot of like random chatter about it, and I was like, "It's not that big of a deal." No, it made me feel bad for Jamie because like the questions. I agree what people were saying were valid, but like you got to see what he was like. He wasn't intentionally telling Nathan Queen he threw mediocre shots. Like that's not what he was saying. Yeah, it's kind of how it sounded. It's over and done with. No, yeah. Uh, um, the will other thing that, will that interview be on ESPN too? No, I don't think so. Probably not. I don't think so. Uh, the other thing, there's two other storylines that came out of this. Well, there's a lot of other storylines. Uh, there's actually three now that I think about it. One of them, which was very interesting, was the Gannon Burr situation. Yeah. So I didn't even know about this. Gannon Burr and Nathan Queen both came out of the first round. Going and then like second round. Uh, there's four rounds of this event. So it was in the third round. Um, that Gannon Burr was playing on a card with Drew Gibson, and. Drew was timing him as he went through because Gannon Bird already been warned by a tournament official in an earlier round, and then now he's on the card with Drew. And Drew had said, I think I saw a picture of like where he texted someone and he said that he had taken like over two minutes for like tee shots and throws on the holes leading up to yeah. Drew warning him. So then Drew war- calls him on a you know time violation, which the first one's a warning. Um, and after that, Gannon went like bogey, 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 or something like that. And he ends up missing the cut by like one or two. He sunned him. So yeah, absolutely alpha him. That's the, that was a question that people were saying online. Yeah, that's look, mental chess right there. Check check. Talk talk talk. All right, keep going. Okay, just cut in. Check, one, two, check, check. Okay, it's, it's work. Everything looks like it's working fine. Okay. I'm sorry. That scared me. The so that... The video recording didn't stop. Okay. okay. Good. Just be like, so we're talking about... No. So that's the question, right? Was people were bringing up that Drew Gibson alphaed him, or as you said, sunned him or whatever. He definitely did. So... Mental chess. The, what I came up to the conclusion on debate night, because Brody was saying that's not what happened. Is because Brody's whole point was he did it within the rules. Yeah, my thing was if he wasn't, he didn't intentionally alpha or sun him, but no. he did do yeah. it because like yeah. there's no way around it. You're 16 he, he's, years he's old, smoothing on, and then he gets called for the time violation from yeah. his card, and then he goes bogey. Like then he you're, loses the round. You're a 16 year old kid, and you get called out for playing too slow. Like you feel, you probably feel bad. Like you get flustered. You're 100 percent flustered. Yeah. It's now no I will say. People online were getting upset at Drew for calling it because of Gannon, Gannon's 16. Gannon is at the Pro Tour finale. 
deservedly so. Yeah. Well, Pro Tour Championship. It doesn't, doesn't matter, matter his age. And also, you can't in one breath be saying we need to call this on Nico, and then the next breath be saying how dare you call it on Gannon. The rule's the yeah, rule. Like a, you can't. That's an awful. Take. I don't know if it's the same people that were saying both, but I'm just saying. The internet on one side is like, we better call that on Nico, better call it on Nico, better call it on Nico. And then the internet on the other side is like, how dare you, Drew? Like, come on. But there was a lot of people that were upset enough again and they were like, thank you, Drew. So I'm just saying, yeah, Drew Gibson did the right thing in calling the time violation because it's the rule. Mm-hmm. Well, and it sounded like it wasn't even like close. It no. sounded like it was pretty excessive time. Yeah, it was, it was excessive time. Because like, I'm the type of guy where if it's close, it's like... In some it way. didn't sound like Drew was like sitting there and it's like... No, he wasn't like... 31, time, time. Right. It you better like not release it that. minutes. No, it time. was like two minutes. All right, Which trick. Which is interesting Come on. to me. Yeah. Um, other Drew Gibson storyline from the event... We'll get to his contract here in a second. Other Drew Gibson storyline from the event is he was throwing his buzz, his orange buzz... He like has a mad three man. buzzes, but the orange one specifically. He has orange, green, and red in there. We we know this now. His his orange buzz. He was throwing all over the place. Yeah. Just and the commentary's talking about it. People were tweeting about it. All of that. And when you tweet about it, almost every time, even the comments on some pictures and stuff, Drew would correct you and say it's not a buzz. It's a mid range. <laughs> and so, and then at one point he said it's not a buzz. It's a mid range. The free ad subscription has ended. And so I actually tweeted. And I said, I didn't see, I saw this was kind of going on, but like, I didn't fully get what he was saying yet. And so I tweeted and just said, gosh, Drew Gibson makes me want to put a buzz in my bag. And then he responded and said, it's not a buzz, it's a mid range. So then it like made sense to me. And so then I quote, then I tweeted again, I quote tweeted his tweet and I said, gosh, Drew Gibson really makes me want to put a neutral flying beadless, a beat in neutral flying beadless mid in my bag. Yeah. And then he texted me and said, I don't throw the buzz anymore which like threw me off my sink. So I'm like, wait a minute. Is he like, is that like not a buzz? Like he has some new disc. No. I was like, then what's that orange disc? He's like, it's just a mid range. And so I was like, okay, so he's just like really sticking to the stigma. But basically what he was saying, cause <laughs> I, I talked to him about it a little bit after is basically he's like, I've been throwing and promoting the buzz so hard for like two years. And I saw on a Facebook comment where he said harder than even a lot of Discraft's players is what he said on the Facebook sure. comment. He's like, and Discraft won't pay me to throw the buzz. So basically it, that's fine. You know, nothing against them, but if you're not going to pay me, I'm not going to promote it anymore. Now, what's interesting to me is Drew Gibson is under contract with Infinite Discs, who Tries sells sell buzzes. buzzes and every like other it, brand. Yeah. So, like, to me, I'm reading that. I'm like, yeah. At first, I was like, yeah, that makes sense. You know, good for you. And then I was like, but if I was found, like, as foundation, if we had sponsored a player to be an open bag, let's say yeah. Drew. We sponsored Drew. And then Drew's out there being like, no, don't talk about the buzz. It's a mid-range. I'd be like, no, 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 no. We would be ourselves. You better talk about the buzz because yeah. we need you to sell the buzz on we our site. We would ourselves be going back and be like, no, guys, he is a buzz. It is we a buzz. Can't confirm. We can't confirm. <laughs> you it, can check out the Drew Gibson yeah, tab bag on our like site. It's like an interesting thing because like if, yeah, if let's say I was just like a golfer getting going on tour and like I was in between sponsors and like I'm, I'm playing clubs and like maybe I block off the logos because there's no reason. Yeah, there's no reason to to like push a brand that you're not being but like if dick sporting goods is paying you right to but, sell then, clubs. but like yeah that's what i'm saying like the contract and like discraft is well within their rights to not pay him to throw the buzz well it's uncharted territory it's just yeah and it's just not what they do like that's not yeah they, they're like no you're gonna you and like and i think as a company too like discraft is like probably can say to drew hey our line of discs is good enough for a world champion like it we can have guys throw all our discs and Innova could say the same to him and be like, Hey, you can throw our whole bag 
and win a world title. So why do you like why we don't need to do this freelancer thing with us? If you want to be paid to throw the buzz, throw our whole lineup, and they would probably sponsor Drew in a heartbeat. So I think Discraft is well within their right to say that, and Drew is well within his right to be like, fine, I'm not going to refer to it as a buzz. It's just my orange mid range, and you know that's fine it's just too. Weird when someone else, is yeah, paying it's you weird when discs. Infinite is paying you to sell discs. Well, and I mean, I assume that's their motivation. <laughs> I would hope that, like, I would make sense. To I me. don't know what their other motivation would be, right? Other than just PR, because um, in that, like, in that case, like, yeah, you want him. Like, if our audience, if we sponsored a player, and our audience all saw that player throwing a disc super well, they're gonna want to try it out. I'm gonna want to try it out. Like, that's just how that's, that's how marketing works. So yeah. it is a very that's weird, the player's it's value an interesting is. situation. It's interesting. Yeah, and then you know, immediately following you, this event, I bet you one. Well. Let's get into that first. Let's say immediately following this event, uh, Drew posts on his Instagram says basically the caption was like October nineteenth, uh, the day I signed my first multi million dollar disc golf deal. Yeah, it's funny. This is gonna start. This contract thing is gonna start with like the most intense of possibilities, and then slowly get down to reality. So it starts there. <laughs> multi million dollar disc golf deal. Yeah. So like we immediately start texting each other. I'm like, holy cow! I, yeah, like, how many years would you have to sign this? Yeah, like what on earth? I'm like, I my, I literally texted. I was like, dude, this has got to be like a twenty twenty dollar or twenty dollar, <laughs> a twenty year deal. My or something. first guess was five years, two million dollars, and I was like, that's a lot of money. Yeah, like I was just like, I just don't see it because I knew he, I knew Drew wasn't going to a manufacturer, so yeah. I knew this wasn't a manufacturer. Right. And I was looking at the companies. I'm like, there's no way. And so that was his post. And so I started like browsing a little bit more because I'm like, there's got to be more details. Well, then his agent, the next Instagram, set of details, yeah. posted the next set of details, which is like, congrats to Drew signing a lifetime deal with Infinite. So then I'm like, yeah, now hold up. Lifetime thing. Like lifetime. And you said multi-million, which to me is like one of two things. Either it's not guaranteed or it's not five to $10 million. So yeah. I'm like, now Drew's only like 26, 27. So now I'm thinking this is not a smart move for Drew because you just locked down a lifetime deal yeah. as a 27 year old when the money in disc golf's just going up and like you you might be worth like let's say it was 20 years, two million dollars, then it's like a hundred thousand dollars a year. Mm-hmm. And it's like two years from now, you might be worth five hundred thousand dollars a year because the money in disc golf's yeah, just going up. You never up. know. You never know. So then I'm thinking, like, this could be an awful deal. What is he doing? And so then, the later that night, he posts on his Instagram story explaining it even more, which basically, now it kind of all makes sense. Uh, it's a similar situation to when Discraft announced Paige's, uh, Paige Pierce's contract, and they said like it had the potential to be the biggest disc golf contract, right. but it's because there's just no cap on the contract. Right. Right. I think that's similar to what's going on here. Um, basically, he posted that there's two contracts that were signed. One, him as an athlete with Infinite, and it's a single-year deal. And all he said about that was right. the benefits salary and salary benefits are, so are incredible. If I had to guess, I would say he's on a year basis. He he might be making sixty to seventy at the high end. Would you say? I would probably plus plus royalties right, off of right base. I would stamps. say sixty-seven high end. Yeah, that's I what would, I would guess. But that's the deal. So that's the deal that you guys were all we're all thinking about. That's what we were all thinking. Deals. So, so it's then, a one-year deal. That's a single-year deal. Yeah. Then he also signed a lifetime business deal between Infinite Discs and Gibson Industries, which includes his own line of discs that will be owned by Gibson Industries, which is him. Um, and this, from what I understand, is the multi-million-dollar deal here. And I think it's just because of the potential lifetime sales of the disc. Right. I think, yeah, it's just like a lifetime agreement. So really, Drew has not really tied himself to anything for a lifetime. It's just like a, it's like a side thing that's like but, tying. So here's what's confusing to me. But then it'd be very weird if he played for a different 
he company. well he can never play for a different company because like well, he could. Discraft would be signing a competitor. Yeah, it's a he's put himself in a weird spot because like what if the money gets into disc golf huge in the next couple of years and it kind of it starts with the manufacturer so now all of a sudden Infinite's pay scale, which right now I think Infinite can give him pretty competitive pay to what he'd get from manufacturers, probably just as good. What if a couple years from now, manufacturers can triple, quadruple what a retailer can pay an athlete, and now he's missing out? That's where yeah, it gets, that's it, what it's I'm interesting. It's, I'm sure he's got some well, negotiation on his behalf. I'm to sure it's is, it makes sense. But Gibson Industries has signed with Infinite to produce a line of discs that neither of them but make. But Infinite discs are made by Innova. There's a lot of middlemen there. So that's what's really confusing to me because like there's even a let me pull up this quote again if I can if I still have it Also up. he's still puzzled with EV7 so they're probably not going to be so a Gibson putter. This is the Infinitus owner says this is the third year we have that you're under contract with this is from an Ultra World article with the limits we currently have in getting discs in the Infinite line it has been difficult for us to promise much to our high profile team members which that alone right there tells you that one single year contract with Infinite can't be a ton because yeah. he said it's been t- tough for us to promise a lot. Um, Drew's connection with his manufacturer creates this opportunity for him to earn what his brand is worth. That is so. What the heck does that line that, mean? What does that mean? Because if his connection with his manufacturer, let's say it is EV7, yeah. which so let's say it's Prodigy. Yeah, <laughs> um, which is Prodigy. That has not been proved. That's just a foundation. Like, are we gonna theory. have? Imagine if we have Prodigy made Drew Gibson line infinite branded discs does that not break anybody else's brain what i'm saying is like if so in this like i want about four of them in my bag in this quote (laughs) in this quote from infinite's owner he's saying drew's connection with his manufacturer so so then just where my my biggest question is where does infinite uh, fit into that where drew's like heck yeah let's sign it with that here's my guess here's my guess drew drew found somebody who can manufacture discs that maybe isn't already doing it infinite is providing the expertise on the mold that's where the combination goes. They're going to help him design the disc, and then he has somebody else. Yeah, and he has somebody else that's going to help produce it. That's my best guess. I would also almost bet a million dollars if I had that much money that uh, that first disc coming out of that line is going to be very close to a buzz, and that's going to be the big kick to the face. You think so? You think it's going to be? Oh yeah, it's going to be so close to a buzz, and that's going to replace the. He's going to try and replace the buzz so that he does. He can just basically. You know, just say shove it to Discraft. I'm not gonna lie to you. As details continue to come out about this deal, this is all groundbreaking stuff. Well, I got less and less excited when I first see this post and it says I signed a multi million dollar deal. I'm like, holy frick! Like the money in disc golf. Like this is what we're talking about. Like now other places are. And then the next thing it says lifetime, and I'm like, eh, okay. Well, now we just don't know. Like that could be like that's not even that big of a contract if it's like a lifetime and it's two million. You know, if it's a lifetime and it's twenty million, sure. But then I feel like you would have said twenty. And then it comes out that there's like, it doesn't even sound like there's guaranteed multi million. It's just listen, Drew. If you're listening to this and you want to clear the air, just give us a call and tell us all the details of your contract. I could be so far off, but like, (laughs) I just the more I read it, the more I was like, oh, oh. Like it's still it's a super it's, exciting thing for him. Yeah. It's just that he led with I signed my first multi million dollar deal. He's a deal. businessman. He led with that. He's a businessman. Which got my expectations I high. Done it. I'd have done it. I'd have tweeted. I'd have tweeted that too. Like I I'm just saying if it he sounds electric. If he would have led with the like, you no, know, man. lifetime, like the details, I'd been like, Oh, it's sick. Good for you, Drew. But when he led with the multi million and then it kept stepping That's not down. The Drew gives him way and you know now this. Trevor's just thinking about Drew watching this and he's just 
doesn't want. Yeah, Trevor's backpedaling now. Not, I'm wasn't just backpedal. <laughs> I would have done it. I'd have I'd have posted multi million dollar deal. I would have done it with a sense of irony though. That's the difference. Ah, uh, I understand. And then like it would have been like that like space between the post, the caption and the post, and then I would explain it actually what it actually meant with a little LOL. <laughs> I wouldn't have like I would have I would have done it like kind of ironically like I'm a multimillionaire from disc golf boy and then like go down not actually and maybe not ever if I can't sell a disc I like that, that well, that's what more, I'm saying is like my it's the same it's a similar thing to like the page contract of like yeah Paige's contract does have potential to be the biggest contract in disc golf if she sells more fierces and passions than Paul sells onyxes and yeah it's so funny yeah it's funny when you like when you do a a royalty it's it's a marketing thing thing of like yeah a huge well because they they are big deals it's just when you make them sound bigger than they are I get disappointed you do yeah if you do I could sign right now let's say let's say we right now we made a disc with my face on it and we put it on foundation you're like Trevor you have no caps on these royalties and We'll, you, we'll give you a dollar per disc. I could be like, I just signed an unlimited deal with Foundation because yeah. in theory, it's possible I could make a million dollars, but it's not going to happen, but it's possible because there's no cap on it. Yeah, exactly. No cap. <laughs> no cap. Yeah, so that's that's the, that's the everything I understand of the Drew Gibson contract that got announced. We'll see if anything else comes that's out. That's going to be the stamp design. It's going to be my face and it's going to say no cap. And then we'll see what happens. See <laughs> if print on the band. What would be really funny right now is if Drew Gibson, if like Infinite and Drew like collabed and released. If this actually happens, I came up with this idea right here on the spot. I'm claiming prop- claim, claim it. I'm claiming Trevor's intellectual property. Okay. <laughs> if they come out with a buzz that's just stamped mid range. Oh, dang it, man! Why you, you shouldn't have spoke that one? Is that, that too was, good? That was too that's yeah, weird. that that's was a too great good. idea. Should we, we come out with the buzz? It's just stamp mid range. Yeah, you yes. shouldn't have spoke it. Hurry up! We are Wait. actually claiming intellectual yeah, property. Yeah, we definitely can do that before they do it. Well, the, the thing is, like, it takes so long to get the disc turned right. around right now that like we they wouldn't, wouldn't see be that topical next year. Anymore. It's not topical anymore. Yeah. Dang it! But it's a great idea. It's a great idea. If, if you are, if like Drew, it was like a marketing scheme of like we already have the mid range stamp buzz ready. This is why we need our own hot stamp. Yeah. It would be so easy to get a mid-range thing and just, just, just like that. Not like that. It doesn't sound like that. All right. It's time to go to our fan favorite <laughs> segment for today. Well, not just today. It's time to go to our best mediocre segment, uh, Trevor's Trivia. Heck yeah. What do All you got right. for us? We're doing a little geography today. Oh, heck yeah. We haven't done that in a while. Um, so I, I've decided that like one of my favorite things to do, so it's so hard to gauge your disc golf knowledge with trivia that I've decided it's one of my favorite things to do to like let you set your goals because then it's really funny to see if you're way off or not. Okay. So the, the aim of this, this is going to be kind of like a course knowledge sort of thing. Yeah. So I played a lot of disc golf geoguesser. You're, so. Okay. That could help. So basically I'm going to ask you first, how many different States do you think you could name out of the just 50 States in the U S how many do you think you could name the name of a disc golf course in Ooh, just one course and it qualifies for that state? How many do you think you could get? And then you're going to see if you can beat it because <laughs> that's just my favorite thing to do. It's kind of, I'm going to say, cause like my gut reaction was immediately 10, but I feel like I can do more than oh, 10. Oh, I know you can do more than 10 cause you so can probably go- get most of pro tour stops. But do you know the course names? Well, no. Well, do I need to know the state that the course is in? Because that's the hard part. It's like putting a course yes, with the state. Yes, yes, yes. That's yes, the yes, hard yes, part. Yes. So I'm going to say 15. 15. That's a big number. number. I think you uh, I went too far. Oh, no. I failed. I already failed. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. You got it. Okay. Well, we're just going to start with uh, La Mirada, California. California. Okay. There's one. 
So the tough part too is like I know the names of tournaments, but I need to know the course. So the next one I'll go is um, we'll go Dash's track for Texas. Texas, all right. Shout out. I was going to go Waco, but we'll go Dash's. It's cooler um, if you name like the local underground courses. Um, I got to think of the Memorial Course, Fountain Hills. So that's Arizona. Coast, I like this. Um, because like Beaver State Fling, I got to think. Uh, Milo MacGyver. Yeah, so you got to know that one. That's what I'm saying. I had to think of that. So that's Oregon. Um, uh, Wild Horse Golf Club, Nevada. I was wondering if you get that one. Um, I got to. I'm trying to just stay as far away from home as possible right now. Um, what is the the fort in Utah where Worlds was? The course is called the fort. Is that Utah? Mm-hmm. Where the fort is? Okay, that's where Worlds was this year. Yeah, I don't know the technical name. I just know they called it the fort for all of coverage. Yeah. So the fort. Um, what am I at? That's five. Or is that six? Not. You took your hand down. Six. 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 Okay. Um, I gotta stay in the Midwest. Yeah, it's it's just called the fort. Okay, nice. Um, Idlewild. Now, the question is that Kentucky or Ohio? It's Kentucky. Natty yeah. Disc Golf Club. It's because it's it Cincinnati's is. Disc Golf Club, but it's in Kentucky. Someone just walked by our door. You're now at seven. Um, I'm at seven. Okay. A lot of work to be done. You still haven't come close to home to yet, done. though. No, I'm, I'm trying to stay away from home. Uh, we'll, we'll go with um, Northwoods Black for Illinois. Okay. Um, the tough part is like Des Moines challenge. What is that course name? Um, who knows? Um, cause there's also like Harmony Benz, but I think, I don't know. I, I want to say it's in Missouri. Harmony Benz. I think you're right. Let me just check. Yeah. That was a big one for me. Might not have felt like it at home, but that was a big one for me. Um, Okay, and we'll go ahead and go to uh, Fox Run, Vermont. You're at 10. Uh, Maple Hill, Massachusetts. It's 11. Uh, It's actually called Fox Run Meadows. I'm going to give you credit for that, though. It's close enough. um, Hornet's Nest, North Carolina. Uh, Boyd Hill, South Carolina. You need two more, and you haven't even said our home state. I know. I'm just trying to stay away from it. Staying away from it. Uh, W.R. Jackson, Georgia. Mm, I think W.R. might technically be in South Carolina, though. It's, no, it's in North it in Augusta. Georgia? Oh, no, it's in Appling, Georgia. Oh, okay, you're right. National Hippodrome was North Augusta, South okay. Carolina. Um, Cliff Stevens, Florida. All right, you're done. You got it. So that was easy. Fallen Creek Park, Virginia. I want to know how many <laughs> I can do. Okay. That's the, well, now you're at... I'm at 17. Good job, Hunter. Yeah. Uh, uh, Harmon Hills, Tennessee. Technically, now you're wrong, though, because you didn't win the 15. Mm. So you lost well, no, the game. No, it's fine. I just want to know how far I think it got. was at least, though. Yeah, it wasn't, oh, okay. it wasn't at least. Okay. It was in at Where are the at leasters? Um, <laughs> uh, I haven't done Pennsylvania yet, have I? Steel Club, Pennsylvania. Golf course that Matt uh, play was that? Yeah, does that even count? Yeah, there's a disc golf course there. Um, can I name any more? I know I'm missing some iconic courses. Because I haven't even hit, like, like, there's courses in Oklahoma I should know. I haven't hit them. 
All right, we'll just we'll stop it there. We'll just stop it there. I was All like, right. what, 18? I'm proud of that. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. I don't think I could have done that. How many well. did you expect me to know? I like it I when thought, you set a boundary and then I'm like, no way. Or like, yeah, I think, and then let you let I me just set have, the boundary. There's just certain ones that are like, I have no clue. Like, I, I, you are, like this is one of the ones that I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if you can get like 30 states. I think if I sat here long enough and like kept If you had a map hard, in front of you too, like if you had a list of the states, it would be easier. And also if you thought over the whole schedule, like you might. It's tough to know course names though. That, well, that was the tough part. Because, like, if I said event, you would get, like, every Pro Tour stop. Yeah, but the course name. At, like, Des Moines yeah. Challenge, I still don't know. He doesn't know. Never I will. don't know what that course was. We'll never know what it is. Oh, I didn't even name, uh, what's the one that Delaware is at? Iron Hill. That's in Delaware. Mm-hmm. Always was. So, another one. <laughs> All right. So, we need to, now that the season's over. Hey, we didn't get angry at each other going into the trivia that time that's true maybe that's why it was so that's probably why low. it was just kind of a boring segment You're right there yeah. wasn't any like emotions there was no spite that you had yeah. in your rules yeah <laughs> yeah because if i would have been spiteful i'd have been like you need to name all 50 or you lose <laughs> <laughs> also i hate you yeah uh p.s i love you um player of the year player it's of the year. time for the official conversation to happen i don't want to have this conversation it's time it's time it's Let, time it's time it's time I just want to know. I just want to let you know. I just want to go on the record that so far I have flip flopped, and I was I was called out on debate night for flip flopping, because I said there's it's Eagle, there's no way you can say it's Ricky, and then last week's episode or two weeks ago I said it's Ricky, and I was very defendant on that. So now it's time to settle the scales, balance it all. Where are we at? I've already tied Twitter into proverbial knots because I'm posting memes that go against what I like. I I keep contradicting my own opinion. Like first I I posted one that like argues for Paul. Well, not really argues, but just makes a meme. And then people called me a suck up and now my feelings are hurt. And (laughs) then I posted one in favor of Ricky. That one's not getting nearly as much attention. Maybe that says something about player of the year. And then I posted a poll, which I'm now, I posted a poll on Twitter to decide the people's champion for this podcast episode. And it was starting off like, okay, Ricky's pretty convincing. It's tightened up a lot. I'm at 468 votes right now. Ricky is at 38%. Paul is at 36%. Mm-hmm. Eagle at 21% and 5% say other. So here's what we're going to do. Okay, that's because like, we don't want we don't want our opinions to get, we're going to give our opinion at the end, but we're going to make a case for each player. Because this is very, very, very close, in my opinion. Here's what I'd like to say. In like, you say it. In the spirit, say it. You go, go off. In the spi- say it. No, I'm just saying, in the spirit of, like, I'm, I'm like, it's, this is like our declaration to the people who are going to fight about this. In the spirit of sports, you are allowed to have stupid arguments that get very loud over this thing because it's just, it's, it's, it's one what of the, we do. That is what sports are supposed to be. But you're not allowed to get personally offended about any of it because I will say that it is super close and you're, you're not a dummy for thinking any one of these people win player. You're no, not a dummy. That's why we're going to first make the case Unless for each you think it's Paul, then you're a dummy. We're first going to make the case for each player. I'm just kidding. And By then the we're going to say why we think the player that we think is the player of the year is the player of the year. I think that's a fair way to do it. I think that should cause... At least I also arguing like to say possible. that Hunter bullied me into submission like and like that's a compliment to you. I was, I was. You pulled a total he, Drew Gibson. Yeah, you basically, Alf, he basically shut me up about twenty minutes after we got here this morning. We started talking about it and basically started arguing, and he pretty much bullied me into submission. Like, and there's nothing I can do about it. All right, so let's start with probably so, the most controversial one. I'm basically like I just got neutered like before the <laughs> podcast. <laughs> 
I was like a very aggressive dog, and now I'm like just ready for Hunter to tell me what's right. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> okay. Best yeah. metaphor I had. I like it. <laughs> now you sit there. I'll give you a treat later. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> we need to move on. All right, so we're going to start with the most controversial person that people will make the argument for, which I think is Paul this year. Because up until USDGC, are making it. up until USDGC, Paul was not in the talks. No. After USDGC, Paul's in the talks now. So basically, what does Paul's season look like? Biggest thing to consider when you're looking at Player of the Year, in my opinion, is wins. Elite Series wins. Okay. Sure. Uh, if you look at Elite Series wins, Paul has a national tour, a pro tour, and then he has a major. So That's the biggest the, the biggest question mark that you have to ask yourself, you need to look in the mirror before you make an argument look with anyone. Look in the mirror. Look yourself in the mirror in the eyes and say, how much is a major worth? How many Elite Series wins is a major worth? Yeah. I I got stuck between, I was like two, yeah, absolutely. And then Hunter was like three, and I was like, mm, I don't know about that. So if an That's Elite where Series- That's I got stuck. So ask yourself the same thing. question. This is the tough thing. If a major is worth two Elite Series wins, that ties Paul with Ricky and Eagle's season wins-wise. Yes. It depends on how much weight you put on that major. So Paul has basically three top-tier wins, but one of them is a major. That's the hard part there. You have to deal with yourself with that one. I don't know the answer for you. you got to figure it out for yourself. You know, look in the um, mirror. So then let's go move on to Ricky's season. Mirror. If you don't have a mirror, go buy one. Ricky's season. He's got, what is it? He's got four Elite Series wins. Yeah. Um. I believe, I'm looking through this now, one, two, three of them happened on the Pro Tour. One of them happened... That's not relevant. National Tour. Not relevant. It is relevant because we're about to go to Eagle. Three Pro Tour wins, one National Tour win, four Elite Series wins. Does the same thing. I'm still not counting... Yes, four Elite Series wins. Four Elite Series wins, zero Majors wins. I'm not counting Silver Series wins right now. He's not counting them, guys. Not counting them. Um, So, Ricky, Paul, Elite Series wins... Tied if you count the major as two wins. Right. Then we go over to Eagle. He played a few national tours. He didn't win any. He played, it looks like, two national tours. Okay. So Eagle no, only played 18 events. Ricky played 24 events. Paul played 24 events. Eagle has four Pro Tour wins. So again, we have four Pro Tour wins for Eagle, four Elite Series wins for Ricky. Two Elite Series wins for Paul and a major win for Paul. Mm-hmm. So now... So it seems pretty even so far. That's the thing. Yeah. It gets tough, pretty even. So what I decided to do is originally, I wasn't even looking at Eagle yet because I was thinking Ricky was my player of year coming into this podcast and then we started debating about Paul and I was like, well, let me just go Paul to Ricky head to head. It looks like they faced off 15 times across the season. It looks like Ricky won 10 of them. Paul won five of them. Not wins as far as tournament wins, but head to head matchup. That was the final like elbow to the face that I needed me to shut up. Earlier. Ten to five, like that hurt. But then we brought up Eagle, so and was, we we're like, "Well, Eagle didn't play as many events, but when all three of them were there, what is it looking like?" This is like the key stat, I think. So here's a tough one. So when all three of them are there, okay, I I believe it, there's half wins because there's ties where like two of them tied and one didn't. So I believe it was 15 events, but hear me out. So basically, when all of them were there, Eagle has four wins and one tie. So I'm giving him four and a half points. When all of them are there, Ricky has five wins, two ties. Yes. So I'm giving Ricky six points. Yes. Paul has four wins, one tie, four and a half points. So 
Paul and Eagle, when all three are in the field, Paul and Eagle both came out on top four and a half times. Ricky came out on top six times. Ricky, Ricky's the winner. So therefore, my official stance on player of the year this year goes to Ricky Wysocki. I find that really hard. I just found that really hard to argue with. I found that really hard. That is my, my take. But again, I don't think you can be an idiot if you go Paul or Eagle or Ricky. Now here's my here's my question. If Ricky, if Paul rather wins the Pro Tour Championship, is he your player of the year? Doesn't matter to me. No. Pro Tour Championship is tough because players get cut the, so much. Because of the format. So like you just have basically you only that means you won one round, essentially. It's true. It's a tough one. If that was a normal tournament, to this day. sure. Yeah, I would agree. Man. It's it because you gotta understand people. Let's just let me just I came in here fighting valiantly for Paul because Major championships to me are a big deal. The head-to-head, and I was fighting for him versus Ricky, and then I heard the head-to-head thing, and I was like, that's just a little bit too convincing. Like, Ricky was beating Paul a lot this year. And I am like a guy that cares about wins, like, over everything, and I won away that major a lot. I think it was just, it wasn't enough. I think if he had won the Pro Tour championship as well, it may have been enough to sway me somewhat. I do agree with what Hunter saying. Well, so let's let's bring in Paul, let's bring in some counter arguments. The Paul pick is just too emotional. I have heard. It's I too have emotional. Heard. I have, was crying. I was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> it was a whole ordeal. The Ricky, the Ricky one is just it makes sense, and I can I can feel good about it going home today. Well, let's the just Paul bring one, in some counter be, arguments. Though. Sick, okay? Because some people were saying, <laughs> people were saying Ricky would probably cha- trade his season for Paul's season. Yeah, which I agree which with. I, that. I, oh my gosh, this oh, I just got an eyelash. Keep going. I agree with that statement. But my big thing is the reason Ricky would change it is for his career. So he is a the pole US, is tied. The pole is tied. It's for his career. So he is a U.S. and a world champion. Okay, this isn't career season. This is player of the year. So when we're looking at player of the year. It doesn't storylines can't matter. You can't look at storylines because spoiler alert. I bet Paul would trade his season for James's season so he's a world champion, a six-time world champion. Yeah, it's it like trading the titles, season. The trading season thing is so specific to players. Because it's, it's what they player need. Because Eagle would probably trade with Paul or James because that means he's a U.S. or a world champion and he needs both those titles. Right. So you can't. I I don't like the trading seasons thing because Ricky, the U.S. championship means so much to Ricky specifically because he needs that to become to be, get in talks of like the greatest of all time. So the Paul fans are in absolute defense mode in these comments would you like me to read i would love you to read some of them i'm gonna read these arguments to you and then you can and then i'll 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 counter them if i can some of them are pretty bad well here's the thing is i think you can defend paul's season like paul there is a legitimate fight for paul to be player of the year yeah okay so let's see if any of these accomplish that so this first one says paul's average finish this year was 4.65 ricky's average finish was 4.08 this is counting every sanctioned event they played so far this year in 2021, besides Paul's single round league, factor in that one of the wins for Paul is a major. I don't really see how you argue against him. So he was saying the average finish was so close that the major pushes it. See, what I don't like edge. about that is now why are we rewarding Paul for playing Memorial, just an A tier, Huck Central, another A tier, and Battle for Bedford, yeah, a B tier over Ricky? Yeah, that's the problem. Why are we, why are we bo- and then if that's you're going to do that. what they did with Cat over Page. Yeah, and I don't like that. When you're yeah. going player of the year, that's why I went head to head, because when they're both there, who's beating them out? Because then you could say, with that win percentage, if Ricky showed up to Memorial, Huck Central, and Battle for Bedford, he probably would have beat Paul at least one of those, which then makes takes that away from Paul. So, 
This next one. You don't get any extra points for player of the year if you showed up to PDGA more wise. You do. And I hate okay. that. Yeah. Because like, why, why is a random a tier going to help decide when there's a full pro tour? Right. If there's like nobody there. That. That's what happened. That to get, that's what happened with page and cat is page dominated the tour and then cat dominated the A tiers last year. And so cat got player of the year originally and it the PDJ had to come robbery. back and give a co player of the year because they're like, yeah, we screwed. Page. So this guy, yeah. this guy here, he doesn't, he's, he's all about the big stage. He says player of the year steps up when it matters for the biggest events, three biggest events of the year, world USDGC DGPT championship, Eagle finished eighth, ninth, and injured. Ricky, seventh, third, and fifth. Macbeth, second, first, and third. All right, so our three contenders for player of the year are Nathan Queen, James Conrad, and Paul Macbeth, because they won them. Like, what the frick's No, that? it's over all three events, man. It's over all three. You got to have the no. best finish. So are Pro Tours not big events? The Pro Tour, yeah, I would say... Don't look at me when you say this. Look at I the would phone. Say, <laughs> phone. Just look at the I'm phone. I'm just saying, I would say an event like Ledgestone that's at the same course every single year and is Elite Series event every single year, tournament-wise, would probably mean more... Uh, than worlds if worlds wasn't called worlds yeah i mean he's saying it's what it it's he's saying like when the pressure's on the most which i would agree those three events the pressure is on the most most money sure most but prestigious. you can't you can't so then like i'm still not, not a good argument yeah, not a good i don't argument. like it because you can't base just, the player of the year on yeah. three tournaments no i agree um this guy had a similar take now this is an interesting one i, I this take kind of makes a little bit of sense mm-hmm uh, and they said, I'm going to say Paul because majors had such a huge value in last year's decision with Dickerson. So this year should be no different. So she's basically saying, this is a girl here, Tara. She's basically saying, um, you should, it's like, she's almost saying like from the PDGA's perspective, like, well, but we're not coming from the PGA perspective. Right. But she, I think, last year, I believe we disagreed with the that, Dickerson in decision. That poll, in that poll, they didn't really know that that's what I was talking about. So they, she, I think she's I'm saying like, the if there's going to be consistency, I'm, to, I'm doing what I'm here to do. If there's going to be consistency that they should pick Paul because of how much they weighed the major last year, which that, that's an the reason argument. the major had so much weight last year is there wasn't the enough one. events to counter the major. Okay. Because last year was a shortened season. And so each like elite series and stuff was worth so much. It's the same reason that Katrina Allen was able to play a lot of eights years because there wasn't enough balance of national tour events like there is this year. But I will say last year we did debate back and forth a little bit about Chris Dickerson because like the Eagle had such a narrative going this year because this person said, even though my gut says, Ricky, I have to go for Eagle. We forget how dominant he seemed in the middle of the season. And I don't know how much Ricky's ledgestone went. Oh, I forgot. Oh my gosh. Ricky has a half win. We have a fake win. We're idiots. Oh my word. That's why I kept saying to myself, like Eagle has more wins than Ricky. When I'm looking at the schedule, why do I think? Eagle has a fake win. All right, win. back or to the Ricky drawing board. Win. Back to the drawing board oh here. Oh my gosh. What thank does goodness. that mean? Thank goodness. Because then if you go if you go Paul to Eagle, oh, shoot. head to head, are they tied? Is Paul going to win player of the year at the last hour? Wait, because what does that do to the head-to-head thing, though? That's, well, it but doesn't, that's change, tough. The it doesn't change the head-to-head. But it changed the win but it changed, total. Well, does it, though? Yes, it does. It should be it half a win. win. It's a half a win. So he's at three and a half. Man, that's a tough, though. It's a half a win. <sighs> I don't. Um, that's a tough one. That's a oh tough my one. Gosh. What, it is, is it, mm. what is Paul and, e, and, and Eagle head-to-head? We're going to do this live because I didn't it's even look ha- at that. It needs to happen because that is huge now. Wow. I forgot. I forgot. This about, is why you don't have co-winners. Like, yeah, because that just put screwed a, make everything. Him throw distance competition in the parking lot for all I care. I just need to know who won. <laughs> I can't do that. We talked about this last night on how much I hate sports having ties. This okay. Is... All right. Someone keep the record here. Okay. Keep Actually, the I can keep it in my head because there's two people. Okay. All right. Eagles okay. up one. Okay. This is Eagle. Rick, no, wait. No, Eagle, this, to Paul, Eagle, to Paul, Eagle to Paul. Eagle to Paul. Eagle to Paul. I want to hear the score. Okay. 
So you, Eagles up one, one yeah, zero, one zero. Then we go to uh, Waco next, one okay. one. Paul one, one. Paul makes a comeback, one one. Okay. Texas State, Paul takes the lead, two one. Jonesboro Eagle, two two. Oh my goodness. <laughs> DDO Paul, three two. Oh my goodness. <laughs> OTB Open Eagle, three three. Portland Open. Eagle, 4-3. Oh, my gosh. The swing. Worlds, Paul, 4-4. D-Glow, Paul. Eagle. No, Eagle, he won. Yep. So, what's it, 5-4? Yeah. Preserve, Eagle. Ledgestone, Eagle. Uh, Idlewild, Paul. 7-5. Maple Hill, Eagle. (gasps) 8-5. Green Mountain Championship, Paul. 8-6. 8-6. USDGC, Paul. 8-7? Eight, seven. Eight, need two seven. on that hand. 8-7. 8-7, yeah. Eagle wins. So, he, so is Eagle your player of the year now? <laughs> Dang it, that wasn't convincing but at all. Then he threw out his shoulder doing something silly. <laughs> so that that you can't bring that him. in. You can't. Okay, now the biggest question is, do we actually have to take away Ricky's win? Yes. It does not count as a full win. You didn't win. You didn't win. You can't. You can't have a... You can't have a win that's equally weighed with a win where you beat everybody to where you beat everybody except one person and then terminate it. That's not a win. But we're penalizing Ricky for a decision that's out of his hands. Yeah, well, that's kind of just how this is going to have to work, isn't it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I still think you're not stupid if you pick any of them. No, I would still say you're and not so stupid. And so when you look but- at the head-to-head-to-head, to head to head, then it's got to go, it's got to lean back towards Ricky. Man, that's tough. I don't like this. So it's between Ricky and Eagle. I think I'm... No, it's still with... Paul's still in it, I think, now. I think he's more in it But we just went head-to-head between Eagle and Paul. So now Paul... We went head-to-head between... We got to go between Eagle and Ricky. We got to see Eagle and Ricky. So Paul and Eagle now, the the comparison is three wins to four, right? Is it three to four? Well, three, but one's a major. Yeah, three to four, one more head-to-head, which is pretty much the same as an extra win... And Paul has a major. I think he overtakes that. But that's that's all based on we take away a win from Ricky, which taking, I don't know if you can. I, I don't know if dumpster. you can. Yes, you can. He didn't win it. He didn't beat everybody. <sighs> that's tough. Because it's not, <laughs> it's not like I win. don't. I don't like penalizing that's him for fine. something that's not his fault. We can give fault. him a half a win. We can give him half a win, and that that would that would help if they were tied. But then it goes but three he, and a half, and we got and he. Well, head to head, he beat Paul ten to, like ten to five. Right. Head to so head, he like, beat Paul so and like, Eagle. So it's like Paul can't beat Eagle if Ricky can beat Paul, but Eagle beats Ricky. Well, let's just look at Eagle versus Ricky. Let's look at Eagle <laughs> versus somebody Ricky. Somebody draw. I got. I need meme the statisticians <laughs> back here. I need the score. Okay, Ricky's Eagles up one. Ricky comes back one one. Okay. Okay. Now we're down to. Okay, put your fingers on okay. one 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 one. Which one's Ricky's first? <laughs> yeah, they're both one one. You can choose which fingers which. Okay, this is Ricky. Okay, now Ricky again <laughs> with Jonesboro. Okay. Uh, dynamic disc open, they tie. Just nope, leave it. Nothing. 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 Uh, OTB open goes to Eagle. Portland open goes to Eagle. World Championship goes to Ricky. D Glow goes to Eagle. Preserve Ricky. Ledgestone, Ricky. Idlewild. Ricky. MVP Open, they tied. Green Mountain Championship, Ricky. USDGC, Ricky. 
Oh my gosh, it's a blowout. Eight to four. So Ricky blows out both Eagle and Paul in every category, but you have to take oh away half a win. Oh my gosh, I've never... We're knotted up like three snakes in a handbag, people. I've never, I've never it's seen gotta a go tighter... Rick. It's gotta I've go I've never Rick. seen a tighter race. It's gotta go Rick because the only only blemish on Ricky's scorecard here having less wins. is having less wins That's, if you take away a win and penalize him for something he can't control. I do, though. That's so that's so difficult. That's so difficult. I'm I am still leaning to Rick because you go head to head and you go head to head to head. I'm gonna take James Conner and he won the world title. <laughs> <laughs> well, the only other argument I have heard oh was uh, Paul it, broke the se- single season money record. That doesn't count. But here's the thing about money, money record than ever is let's just I, I saw I think it was Dixon Jowers posted this on a Facebook group. Just um, look at how much money he won as a percentage of the total amount of money in the purse. Well, no, so this is what was going on. That's all that matters. So what Dixon did, I thought this was a pretty great stat, is he took the top 10 ranked money earners of the season over the last like five seasons just to show what the total money was. All right. So in 2017, top 10 money earners combined was $350,285. 2018, $367,253. 2019, $363,688. 2020, $293,311. 2021, $575,844. Yeah, I should tell you everything you need to know right so, there. And the other thing, too, is we're at, like, yeah, Paul had $88,000 won this year. Ricky, without making it far in the Pro Tour finale or USDG, or USDGC came at fifth, had 80000 And Eagle was at sixty. So, like, if either one of them would have popped off it, that's the issue is it's so heavy with the last two events. Paul won. Well, yeah, and, like, winning Ledgestone. Paul won $30,000 his last two events. You swing that either way to Ricky or Eagle, right. and they broke the, the purses record. purses aren't, because there's not a lot of regulations on, like, purses, and, like, there's not a lot of consistency. Like, you could win Ledgestone, which is weighted the same as any other Elite Series as far as, like, everything else, and you win a ton more money because the purse is just huge. I mean, it's not really a ton. Ricky won Ledgestone and got 8250 That's all it was? He won Preserve and got 7000 Ledgestone has a really big purse, they but they just go super deep. so deep. Okay, well, like, so let's, 70th, let's, put it, let's put it this way. They could pay 70th out a ton. 70th place makes like 400 bucks yeah, or they, something. They could pay out a ton, and yeah. it'd be because of their purse. That's but it was Ricky's biggest money win this year. Yeah. was 8250 at there's probably Life what? Zone. There's probably some that only pay out like five or four or five. Right? Uh, Jonesboro, he got six. National Tour, Texas State, he got five. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that's where that's there's discrepancy there. Yeah. So, but that's the thing is the money thing. It's gonna get broken probably next year. Yeah. And it's probably gonna score, broken three if years. The score keeps now. growing. Yeah. It, it so can like, get broken by a guy. You can say. I mean, sure, year. you can go like he earned more, but you can't say than Eagle because Eagle played ten less events. So or six yeah, less you events. Yeah, you have to go average. So then, you, well, Ricky and Paul both played the same amount of events, and Paul beat him by nine thousand dollars. But it's because in the last two weeks, Paul beat him by, geez, like twenty thousand dollars in the last two tournaments of the year. So that's tough. That's where that argument to me just it. I understand it. It just doesn't hold enough weight. But there you have it. The player of the year is way closer than we even thought when we started this the segment. Is a disaster. Um, I don't. So I wait, st- what is your official? Stance? I don't have. I, st- you have to. We can't. This is our official. We're not talking about player of the year again. This is the official stance. I'm leaning it towards Ricky. What are you doing? We'll go to Connor first. I don't know what to do. My heart tells me Paul. That's what my and heart's telling me. Too. My brain tells me Paul, and the rest of me tells me Paul. But right. my mind and my head 
<laughs> Whoa. I think that <laughs> I thought Rick- your brain was just that. I think that Ricky makes the most sense, even though I want it to be Paul so bad. Trevor, darting it over to you. I'm really stuck between Eagle and Ricky, if I'm being honest. Like, Paul, I, I, it's the easiest one to throw out as much as it, it hurts. The problem is the whole winning thing with the fake win with Ledgestone. I was very easily going to commit to Ricky. But now, now you can literally say, well, Eagle won more events, Elite Series events, and that's a hard one to counter. But it's with- hard that you can't because Ricky did get that Elite Series win. No, he didn't. Eagle didn't put himself in place to win that. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Too. The head-to-head, it it made he. I think because Ricky bullied both of them in the head-to-head, like it wasn't even close. Like head-to-head, Ricky was beating them more often. Oh my gosh! But, but earlier this I morning, you were s- saying you didn't want. I just you didn't feel, want head-to-head. I know. To have well, I just, to do with I feel it. so silly when when Eagle won technically won more events, but the Ledgestone he thing didn't. You I can't say technically. Because technically he didn't. You're right. I think in my heart he won more events. There you go. You I can think, say that. I think I might I might have to just side on the safety of the numbers and the number credits Ricky with the win at Ledgestone. There I'm, you have it. I'm picking Ricky. Or a three way Rick. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> uh Ricky. Ah, Ricky is hurts. But here's the thing is there's gonna this is one of the for the next few weeks, it's probably going to be like super debated back and forth and I back mean, and forth. Yeah. Well and and, it, and rightfully so, because any of these players could be player of the year. Well, nobody, the player, the actual player of the year will go to. It'll probably go to Ricky because he because won national points. tour points yeah, and pro tour points and he played so many events. That can't be like, if you've been arguing over this with your friends, you can't just listen to the PDGA and be like, see, no, I told you so. It's, no. it's never going to actually be resolved. Mm-mm. You're just going to have to present your best case. I, if anybody has any they like really ground standings, if anybody has any really groundbreaking statistics that like break this thing wide open, please send them to us. That'd yeah, that'd be Paul great. Win. Tweet them at me. Um, I'm gonna try to see if they they because used to post Player of the Year standings. Um, I will say this: there is just a a stark difference between the Paul and Ricky fans on Twitter because if I post a meme coming like involving Paul and the Player of the Year so many replies and like people freaking out uh, if it has to do with like ricky not nearly ricky's not maybe a polarizing, it's the people accept it ricky isn't a polarizing player ricky has his ricky fans that are diehard ricky fans but other than that like he doesn't really get all right so as of october 13th of 2021 it was ledge done with the tie right we're certain about that yes as of october 13th 2021 Ricky was leading the player of the year standings. This is after Paul's win. Yes. Uh, Ricky's leading at 750 points, uh, which is, what is that? 75 points ahead of Macbeth, who's in second, and uh, almost 100 points clear of Eagle in third. Mm. So Ricky's going to also get player of the year. Now, here's an interesting point. We didn't talk about the FPO player of the year because I thought it was so obviously Paige. Yeah. Is it Katrina not? Allen's leading the points because Paige had like five Elite Series wins, so I didn't even bring it up. How many does does if if nobody else get has, those fingers up? I'm just kidding. If nobody has more than three, okay. then it's not. Well, any, Katrina Allen is the second closest. And what? How many does she? Have? I don't know. We're gonna look. Please tell me it's no more than three. Um, let's see here. Played against Make four. So she won. She won Worlds too. National Tour, she has... If she has <laughs> she four has and a world title. She has MVP Open. She has three. National Tour. She has... Okay. One, two. She has three plus a major. Oh, my gosh. 
And Paige Pierce, let's just verify this. Paige Pierce has one. Oh my gosh, we thought two. this was gonna be the easier one. Okay, Paige also has a major. Yeah, I know she has a major, but does three, she, but it's not worlds. four. Oh my god, five, six. Okay, okay. And the match play. So Paige has page one six in a major. Paige has versus one, four in a major. two, three, four. Five plus a major. She has five plus a major. She has five plus a major, and Katrina Allen has three plus a major. And only one of those majors actually has any prestige associated with it, and that's the one that Kat won. So you know that's going to be a tougher argument. Well, yeah. Well, the tough thing is I would consider Throw Pink Women's to be the U.S. Women's. Right, and neither of them won that. No. That's the thing. U.S. Women's was like meant nothing because it just seemed like so... So Kat has three plus a major, but, but you can at least give U.S. Women's the status of a national tour event. Yes, yes. So then that the gives that gives Paige six, and Katrina Allen has three plus a major, which would give oh, her she five. Has three plus a major. Yeah, which okay, right? You said four. Oh my gosh, that's what I, I thought it was literally one off, and then okay, Kat had the world title, and then I was one, like, two, yeah, three plus a major. Okay, then I can give it to Paige. So it goes to Paige. It night. goes to Paige. Okay, good. Okay, okay. Thank goodness. So <sighs> Kat just, I think it's because Paige didn't play many she national scared tours. us all right there. All right, so it is clearly. The PDGA is going to say it's Katrina Allen. The player of the year is Paige Pierce. Um, that's why we didn't talk about FPOs. I thought it was a lot clearer than that. It is. It was still pretty clear at the end of the day. We, we just had a we had a brief scare there. I think we need to have a foundation player of the year banner that we just fight over each year who gets on it and like hang it up. Like so, this year it's Ricky and Paige. Let's it's hang Ricky it up. Ricky and Paige. Put who in the are, banners. Who did we decide last year? Dickerson and Page. Well, MPO we, we, MPO we, just, we refused to really argue because it was like this year. It was just so we need to go back. We have to go back. Should we do it right now? No. Okay. We'll do it next next week's episode. Next we'll talk week's about episode. the 2020 player of the year because that's relevant. <laughs> we're going to start going back in time. <laughs> no, because last year we were 100% that it was Paige because we were so upset. We, it was obviously Paige, but then... It's kind of like this year, like Paige isn't going to win player of the year for the PDGA, but, but she like, clearly is yeah. player of the year. It's, it's happening again. Who were we arguing for against Dickerson? I think it was Paul. I think it was Paul. I think it was Paul and Dickerson were the two, but I think I remember being like, I, I, I got to look at their seasons. This is what our, stan- really our stance was last year. I remember our stance was we didn't argue th- it. Yeah, hard. it was like, okay, I could see how Dickerson was given it. That's fine. But the page one's a crime and there needs to be people in and jail. And you know it and you know it and you know it, and you know it. Okay. Let's just go to said. Chris Dickerson's 2020 season. Just super quick here. He played good. <sighs> oh, it's because he didn't tour the first half of the year. Yeah. You're just okay. watching him cleaning up everywhere in the Carolinas. So he won. Okay, he won USDGC, which was the big one. Um, and then as I scroll through, he didn't even win a Pro Tour last year. Yeah, he didn't win a singular Pro Tour last year. He just won USDGC. That's all he won. And it was based off of finishes. What did Paul win? There wasn't a lot of events. There wasn't. Paul won two Pro Tours. Okay, so yeah, it would have been tied. By by our this year standings that we just came up with. Okay, so yeah, we will have to do, we'll have to look at that. But Chris Dickerson, that's why that's what it was. Was last year like it's so close that's not a crime. Paige Pierce versus Katrina Allen, that's a crime. That was it was actual crime. All right, let's wrap this show up with a make that call. Ooh, all right. And this is an interesting one for you, Trevor. Let me paint you in a scenario here. You're playing on in a tournament, obviously. Your card mate. Is returning his disc to his bag about 15 feet away. Oh, we just talked about this yesterday. He throws it. 
hits his bag, it stands up, rolls 60 feet down the hill. I had to look into the rules. Yeah, so that's they've why changed I this, this like a million times, hits, too. Hits his bag, rolls 60 feet down the hill. Someone on your card now calls him for a practice throw. Should he be penalized? And if yes, what is the penalty? Well, there's a practice throw. Is also like... Well, never mind. That's irrelevant. So he throws it how far? 15 for? feet. He throws it 15 feet. Hits his bag, rolls his 60 bag, feet down the hill. Up. Well, I'll put it this way. If anybody called that, I would attack them. Because obviously that's just being a bully. Um, man, that's like how you, if you want somebody to never play disc golf again, call them on something like that. In like their first tournament, they'll never play again. Don't tempt me. Uh, <laughs> so I, the rule used to be a lot more strict because I remember we would literally play collegiate doubles and want to toss a disc back to each other. And we'd be like, whoa, 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 get over here. Yeah. And then they changed it to where it became like further and you could toss it a few feet. And then I know, I used to know this rule. There's just no way. I I know I know they rewrote these rules in a way that makes it so that this pretty much doesn't happen. So I'm gonna say it's not a practice throw, but I don't really know why. So that's kind of a poor effort for me. That's fine. Yeah, you're correct. It is not a practice throw. A throw of less than five meters in the air. Or 15 feet. So 15 feet or less. I guess I should have said 14 feet. But same thing. Throw of less than five so meters in the in air, the air to return a disc is not a practice throw. But 20 feet and you're practicing. Yeah, but realistically, I think there's also... That's valid, though. Catch me, catch me putting 10, 15 footers back. To, no, because there, there is a rule written in there the somewhere. Let me, let me read you the official what's rule. What's the rule? I'll say, because I'm about to invent a bag that has a kickstand that makes it basket height, and you can putt back to your bag. after You miss a putt, you turn around, you just putt it right at your okay, bag. Okay, a practice throw is any throw that is not made as a competitive attempt to change the lie, except for throwing that is made to either set aside or unused disc, or to return a disc to a player that travels less than five meters in the air. You're Drop is not a practice disc. throw. Player receives one penalty throw for making it. The throw itself is discarded. You're making, like, you're returning your disc. You know, you might be right there. My bag is. I thought I'm there going was something to make a about bag intent. That's literally a basket. It doubles as a basket. I thought there was something about intent, but there's not. Come on now. Too easy. That's too easy. I'm gonna be practice putting back to my bag all day long. You need it, man. All right, that's gonna. Wrap- <laughs> <laughs> you're not wrong. I don't have any. That's gonna wrap up this episode. Be sure to let us know. Tweet at us at FDG Hunter at FDG. Trevor and at FDG underscore Silas. Um, (laughs) (laughs) And let us know what you think. Who is your player of the year? You can also check us out on Grip uh, on Twitter at GripLockedPod, I believe. Um, We'll post, we're going to post the official GripLocked poll there. We'll use Trevor's as a preliminary. Or maybe I'll just, I'll just retweet your, your poll. Uh, Okay. In case there's any crossover. The people's poll. Uh, but let your let your voice be heard over there. And if uh, you're listening on Apple Podcasts or something, feel free to shoot us a DM. Um, or if you're watching on YouTube, comment down below what you think and what your case is for whoever you're picking as player Paul of the year. Paul is taking the lead in that poll. That's um, a popularity contest. It is, it is popular. Whenever it's a poll on Twitter, it's always a popularity contest. Uh, My favorite thing is when people say they obviously are biased. toward. Let's say it's like Ronaldo versus Messi. And they'll be like, like for Ronaldo, retweet for Messi. Like they'll make it harder to vote for somebody because you have to retweet instead of just liking it. Like, what are we doing? That's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna say that's actually really funny. You should do that. I should be like, who's player of the year? Like for Ricky, retweet for Paul. Or and people will like joke about it and they'll be like, like for so and so, and then reply with a 500 word essay for the other person. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funny. Uh, so yeah, that's going to wrap it up. Also, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. Let us know what you think of the show, how we can improve, what you would like to hear, what you didn't like to hear. And uh, we listen to those, take them very seriously. P- Patreon, if you're a Patreon member, 
any Patreon member, $5 tier and up, head over there. We're about to shoot the Bogey Bro banter. That'll also be posted. Um, that's a weekly additional podcast. If you pay five bucks a month, you get episode of that each week. Plus, you get access to the archives of Can all the previous it? episodes. Can we do a disc tier list for the banter today? Heck yeah. That sounds great. I had an idea of that. That'd be super fun. Okay, all right. So let's, head into, let's head into the disc tier list for the Bogey Row banter. And we'll see you next week for the start of the... I was, I was matching Connor's energy. He was like fist pumping me. The, the start, start of, of the off season. Yeah. You're going to love some of these segments. You might hate them. We're turning into back a smoothie podcast. It's We're just going to talk about smoothies. It's because our voices are so smooth. No, it's because it's like frozen fruit and stuff. Oh, yeah. We'll see you in the next one.